0: Welcome to La Mezcla Latina, where we discuss all things music, culture, career, and lifestyle regarding the Latinx community. I'm your host, Dominica, and I can't wait to chat in this week's episode. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn more about La Mezcla Más everyone welcome back to another episode con la mezcla Latina. i'm so excited for today's episode if you couldn't tell by the title and if you didn't know it's women's history month and this past monday March 8th, it was International Women's Day. And I feel like a lot of people always hear about the popular historical figures, Um, you know, like Rosa Parks, Harriet Tubman, um, Jane Addams, like there's so many wonderful women that have done so much, but there's also a lot of Latina women who have done so much and who aren't as well known, recognized, talked about, take it as you will. I feel like growing up, I didn't really hear about any Latina women unless they were You know, singers like J-Lo, Shakira, people like that. So I feel like there's a lot more historical figures that deserve recognition. And what a perfect time and what a perfect month to talk about them because I had a lot of fun doing research about them. It's just so so empowering to hear their stories and how much they've accomplished. It's an empowering month and it's great to hear about the history. And I'm sure there's so many more who aren't even Mentioned and who have done great things, but I'm gonna touch on ten latina women Um, Some of them you may have heard of I tried not to do the popular people because I feel like people already know about them But I chose ten and then at the very end. I'm gonna talk about five Ecuadorian women because I am from Ecuador and Growing up. I honestly Even now, I really don't know much of the history um, besides like a few things that my dad has told me and that I read about. But these five women that I just read about, Ecuadorian women, I had no idea they existed, what they did, what they fought for. So I, you know, as I try to educate others, I'm also educating myself. So I wanted to talk about them as well. So let's get right into it. Number one, we have Ellen Ochao. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Honestly, for the rest of them, I might be pronouncing them wrong. Please excuse me. Um, but if you don't follow us on Instagram, Pod, I'm highlighting a woman each week. The first two, I have already posted them on Instagram. So you can see these little facts about them as well. But they i wanted to talk about them on here as well because i feel like there isn't much dialogue happening on what they um what they've accomplished so we have elena chow as number one she became the first hispanic woman in the world to go into space on april 8th 1993 another thing about her was that she was abroad on the discovery shuttle for a total of nine days and has logged a thousand hours in space so you know she spent a lot of time up there and then she also became the first hispanic director and second female director of the johnson space center in houston um so she's doing amazing things number two who i also posted on instagram is rigoberta Menchutum. she dedicated her life to publicizing the rights of guatemala's indigenous peoples during and after the guatemalan civil war and she continues to promote indigenous rights in the country she also received the 1992 nobel peace prize and the prince of asturias award in 1998 and then I kind of wanted to see what led her to become this activist. So um, I looked at the Nobel Peace Prize website and they said that she soon became involved in social reform activities through the Catholic Church. As very young age, she became a prominent woman in the women's rights movement and she was only a teenager at this time. And it says that such reform work aroused considerable oppositions in influential circles, especially after a guerrilla organization established itself in the area. So kind of her presence in these kind of shook them, I guess. And then it says that the Menchu family was later then accused of taking part in the guerrilla activities. And her father, Vicente, was imprisoned and tortured for allegedly having participated in the execution of a local plantation owner. That's insane, but they say after his release, he joined them, and then he founded the Committee of the Peasant Union, CUC, and she also is part of that as well, but later on- Um, She fled to Mexico in the early 1980s. And the story is crazy, but just seeing how much she kind of had to overcome, but still continues to fight after all these years. um, She's also a UN ambassador for the world's indigenous people. So she is doing awesome things. And I feel like we don't really hear much about the fight of the indigenous peoples in different countries, like outside of the US, even within the US. That's still a very, you know iffy subject in terms of coverage and historical events that have occurred. But moving on to number three, we have Rita Moreno. She's probably one of the main people on here that everyone knows who she is, but I still think she is such a freaking awesome person. Like, she's such a trailblazer because she's been in the entertainment industry for over 70 years, and she... I'm going to touch on this, but she's just an icon, and I think that her presence is very well received by many many people in the field so if you didn't know i try to include some fun stuff that probably not everyone knew um her birth name is rosa dolores alberio and her nickname was rosita again like i mentioned she's been in the entertainment industry for over 70 years and she's the only hispanic and might as well add the first latina um and one of the few performers to have won an EGOT, which is an Emmy, Grammy, Oscar and Tony award. So she is doing that. <laughs> I think that's one of the main things that I remember um, learning in, in college. I learned this in college. Maybe that makes me a little ignorant or I'm not sure. I just honestly, my school's never taught anything about Latinos growing up, and I learned this in college when I was um, in one of my U.S. Latino Latina Studies classes, but then she was also the second Puerto Rican to win an Academy Award, and she was honored the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is really cool, and I kind of wanted to know more of like how she got into the field um, and how she began acting. So uh, an article I found said that she spent much of her childhood on a Puerto Rican farm until she was five years old and then her mother saved enough money for them to move to New York but um, her little brother Francisco had to be left behind. But then she was hired at age 11 to record Spanish-language versions of American films. And then shortly after that, she made her Broadway debut at age 13 as Angelina in Sky Drift. And then her first film was called So Young, So Bad, and it was released in the 50s. Um, And then after that, she signed a seven-year contract with Louis B. Mayer's MGM Studios, where she adopted the stage name Rita More. So that's where that came from, but she is so awesome. Let's move on to number four. We have three sisters, Patricia Minerva and Maria Teresa Mirabal so they are three Dominican sisters who fought against the dictatorship of Rafael Trujillo Um, they were one of Trujillo's major concerns and he had them killed in November 25, 1960 Um, their fight for a democracy earned them the recognition from the UN, who in 1999 uh, designated November twenty-fifth as the elimination of violence against women in their honor, so i mean there's more details of what they did because obviously they they pushed for that freedom you know it's more of like they got on his nerves so much and his only solution was to kill them because he was threatened by three powerful sisters three powerful women you know and i think it's good that the u.n recognizes that day in their honor because there's still so much violence against women happening all over the world you might be blindsided because of your privilege wherever you live if you have all the rights that you think are basic but there's a lot of women in various countries that still don't have the like kind of what we see as like basic necessities so I think that's really powerful and more um more inspirational because there are three sisters who did it together uh but moving on for number five we have Carolina Herrera she's maybe another one that's pretty well known I didn't really know much about her I remember hearing about her but it wasn't until I looked her up on Instagram that I was like, "Oh, okay, she's probably really well known," and I just didn't know. But she's a Venezuelan designer. Um, she has dressed numerous of celebrities and first ladies, from Jacqueline to Michelle Obama. Um, but she was also awarded the Lifetime Achievement from the Council of Fashion Designers of America in two thousand eight, and a Woman's Wear Designer. Um, of the year in 2004 she has won so many things like um, she was a recipient of the international center in new york's award of excellence as well as spain's gold medal for merit in the fine arts um, she was also awarded the gold medal of queen sofia spanish institute in 1997 and there there's just so much that she has done and i think it's really cool and i as i was looking at her um, social media accounts i saw that her summer 2021 collection is now live and it's pretty bomb so you should definitely check it out if you haven't but yeah i think it's great that talent is very apparent in different um fields so we've talked about the entertainment industry but let's talk about fashion she killed it you know um but number six continuing on with this kind of theme is alicia alonso so she's cuba's prima balanera absoluta absoluta i'm not sure how to pronounce that um but she was also a choreographer and she runs a Ballet Nacional de Cuba, which came about in 1955. And she is most famous for her portrayals of Giselle in the ballet version of Carmen. But um, if you didn't know from the age of 19, uh, she also was afflicted with an eye condition and became partially blind. So um, there's some images where you're kind of like, what, what is happening? Because they the way that the pictures are photographed. So this kind of makes sense and it explains that. Um, But then we have number seven, Dolores Huerta. I'm really excited to talk about her because we talked a lot about her in my undergrad studies for my minor, which I mentioned earlier. And I think that what's kind of mind blowing to me is that she's 90 years old. She was born in 1930 and she continues her civil rights activism. And I mean, obviously it's not as... same as when she was younger you know but there's just so much that is written about what she did and i'll get into later on who she did it with as well but i i don't know i really like reading this i was like oh my god there's just so much that people in nuestra comunidad latina that have done so much and i like that even though she's 90 she did so much and she's still alive to kind of explain it. I feel like a lot of other historical figures have passed um, and It's more left on like what they wrote and what other people wrote about them but she's still alive to talk about it and she has done so many interviews she recently did one that I saw on LinkedIn but um, yeah so for those of you who don't know she is this activist as I mentioned and an article said that one day she noticed that many of her students showed up to class ill and malnourished and her students strife inspired her to begin her lifelong crusade of correcting economic injustice so she then um, joined the community service organization where she later met fellow activist Chavez. So Cesar Chavez, if you don't know him, he he did a lot of great work too. But you know what's funny, I was thinking about this when I was reading um I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with their background. So sorry if I'm repeating this, but I remember in one of my classes um our professor was like, yeah, we're going to have like a guest speaker. His grandfather did a lot of cool things. Like you have learned about him in your previous courses because you have to take a lot before you get to your capstone. Like, you know, and I was like, okay, yeah, cool. I wonder who it is. But it was Cesar Chavez's grandson. He came and he talked a lot about his grandpa and how it was growing up with that historical figure. And he did come with... Uh, a film that he made, and we got a preview of it. It's called Hailing Cesar. Uh, it was released in two thousand nineteen, I believe. I remember reading like late two thousand nineteen. Um, but yeah, he showed it to us, and he talked a little bit about that. Anyway, back to Dolores. Um, she so that's where she met uh, Chavez, and then she co-founded the. Agricultural Workers Association in 1960 and collaborated with him to then later found the National Farm Workers Association in 1962. The United Farm Workers Association really was successful for um, fighting for the, the rights of farm workers. Um, and then she later stepped away from the union to focus more on like the woman's rights after she was badly beaten by a San Francisco police officer during a peaceful raid and... It resulted in a long recovery. Uh, the article goes into details, but she now runs the Dolores Huerta Foundation, and she has received several, several, like, awards, and that includes the inaugural Eleanor Roosevelt Award for Human Rights in 1998 under President Clinton and the Presidential Medal of Freedom under President Obama in 2012. Um, she also has become—I didn't know this was, like, her phrase, but she has also become an icon in the Latino community with her phrase, si se puede but I didn't know that was her phrase I don't know if you guys knew because we always hear like si se puede or whatever but I didn't know that that came from her which is really cool fact but next we have Silvia Rivera and learning about Rivera was very important to me because I feel like we don't talk a lot about the trans or LGBTQ plus community a lot in the Latino community and I remember learning about you know Stonewall Riot but The fact that someone from nuestra comunidad kind of helped start or was involved is really important. Um, So Rivera is an icon figure in the gay and transgender rights movement. Um, Rivera was born in New York City in 1951 of Puerto Rican and Venezuelan descent, Um, but Uh, had a rough upbringing her father left the family when she was a baby and her mother then committed suicide um, when she was only three years old and then known as Ray the young child it says was raised by her Venezuelan grandmother who strongly rejected the beginnings of Rivera's transgender identity forming and then Rivera was forced to leave home when she was only 10 years old so Rivera and her friend Marsha P. Johnson they were both sex workers and they made a mark in the advancement of LGBTQ plus rights Um, both are credited for forming the street transvestite action revolutionaries um, which is star Uh, I'm sure a lot of you have seen star but it was later then changed to transgender um, which helped house and support LGBTQ youth and sex workers in Manhattan they also worked with the gay liberation front uh, founded right after the Stonewall riot in 1969 Um, Rivera was also honored as one of the 50 activists included in the Stonewall National Monument, which is the first national monument dedicated to LGBTQ rights. Um, But yeah, I think I remember reading that um, Rivera died from liver cancer, I believe, some type of cancer. So it's amazing that even after um her death she was still recognized because that's a pretty important role that she played in such a important movement in history but then moving on to number nine we have michelle bachelet she is chile's current president and she is the country's first ever female to hold office i think it's cool that chile is doing that but you know she didn't have it easy i didn't know about this, what I'm about to read, until I was started researching. Like, I remember my dad telling me about it, but all the suffering she had to go through, and, you know, I feel like a lot of people might not know and think, oh, yeah, first female president, but, boy... Listen to this. Um, in 1975, she was imprisoned at the notorious Villa Grimaldi interrogation center in the capital of Santiago for being a dissident during the regiment of dictator Augusto Pinochet. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. But for a month, she was tortured both physically and psychologically, and she was threatened with execution before she was sent to exile. Like, are you kidding? What? <laughs> i i don't know it's just so crazy to me that she came from that in 1975 to not being the president but she has also served as the head of the united nations entity for gender equality and the empowerment of women and she continues to fight for the indigenous people's rights as president it takes a lot of work to get to that and i think you know talking about the struggles is important and kind of inspiring for people who don't know what it takes or what it took for her or who don't know if they can reach certain things in their life as a woman you know but I mean look at her she overcame so much but for number 10 we have Julia Alvarez I wanted to include someone that was in kind of the writer realm because I was thinking of Latina authors and I don't know that many I remember um Alexis Daria and Erica Sanchez from the two books that I read this past year but I I wanted to think about more historical writers and I was like, hmm, I don't know any that are like, known as being quote-unquote icons. So I found Julia Alvarez. She is a Dominican-American writer. She was born in New York City in 1950 before her family moved to the Dominican Republic when she was a baby. Um, There they stayed throughout her entire childhood until her father's involvement in a failed attempt to overthrow the militant dictator forced the family to flee back to the U.S. in the 1960s. The article says that um, the traumatic event has since made its way into several of her works including the poem exile in which she recounts the night her family fled uh, she went on to become one of the most critically revered Latina writers and has published poems novels and essays throughout her career and in the article there was an image of her with Barack Obama and it made my heart so happy um, but yeah I didn't really know about her in um, her work so I'm definitely going check out the poem and you know more of her novels so you guys should definitely do that as well but now moving on to the ecuadorian woman as i mentioned in the beginning this is very important for me to talk about because i am ecuadorian and i didn't know about this history until i read it and i encourage you if you are from a latino community to look up women from your um, country for this woman's history month but okay let's get on to it First, we have Matilde Hidalgo. She, is, I'm just going to read straight off what it said in the article, but it says she became the first woman to finish high school, graduate from medical school, and hold office in Ecuador, as well as the first to vote in all of Latin America. That's a lot to do as a first woman, you know? I think that's very powerful. But moving on to number two, we have Hermelinda Urvina. I'm probably messing that up. But she was born in Ambato and she lived until the age of 103. She lived until she was 103. I feel like I can't wrap my brain around that age. That's just such a long time to live, but it's so awesome. Um, she is recognized as the first female pilot from South America. But it says she and her husband, Rosendo Virones, lived in New York for many years, which um, is where her career in aviation began, and as an original member of the 99th, um, an international organization made of licensed woman pilots, she hobnobbed with Amelia Earhart and Charles Lindbergh. I think that's awesome that she is the first female pilot from South America, and that she was able to be surrounded by these people and be part of such an important organization. But then we have number three, Maria Chinquinquira. She was born to a slave in Baba and she became part of an important historical figure who fought for her freedom in court. According to Olivia Duque Castillo's Aportes de Pueblo Afrodescendiente, La Historia Oculta de America Latina, in 1794, uh, Maria argued that she was free since her mother had no longer had an owner and he had abandoned uh, her mother because she suffered from leprosy. But then it says that Chiquinria died before the court reached a decision, but she did make history um, with her brave actions. But I think it's important to acknowledge that she tried to fight that, especially all the way to court. Um, But then at number four, we have Luz Argentina Chiriboga. Um, She is credited with being one of the first writers to explore what it means to be both Latin American and Black. So in 2012, she won the Medalla Bicentenario for her writing and in 1998 in an interview with afro-hispanic review she admitted that the books dealing with blackness were a a rarity in ecuador and um i don't want to say like retweet but kind of just because i feel like it's not talked about a lot but there is such a like there's there's just racism in the entire world. So her admitting that um, the books dealing with blackness was a rarity, I think is pretty accurate. Like it makes sense. But moving on to number five, we have Dolia Urjante de Landivar. She served as the National Library's director, and she also became known as the editor of Ecuador's first woman magazine, La Mujer, in 1905. In Women's Movement, State, Resurrecting, and Global Development in Ecuador, the author Amy Lind wrote, La Mujer played an important role in creating a public dialogue about the condition of women and their educational and legal rights. In 1992, Zolia founded the Sociedad Feminista Luz del Pichincha. I hope you learned something new and that this encourages you to go research uh, women from your country. But that was important for me to include because I I want to know the first in not just women's history but also ecuadorian women's because that is part of my identification so that's why i included it but all of these women not just the ecuadorian uh, women that i mentioned last are so important pivotal in history but i hope you learned something make sure to follow us on instagram to find out more about other latina women because i'm going to be highlighting them all this month that's going to be it for today's episode again thanks so much for listening please make sure you follow us on instagram at mezcla that's p-o-d and again don't forget to tune in every wednesday for a new episode to learn more about la mezcla mas rica